diving into the Queen City, seeing what the voices are saying. This is N-C-L-T. Gotcha. Hey everyone, this is your host Matthew Barnes and we are on NCLT. And today I have someone who has collaborated at the District Court's Mecklenburg County or Youth Coalition. Uh, she was the Chief of Domestic Violence Unit at Washington, D.C., a graduate of Spelman College and the founder of the Arts Empowerment Project, an organization that takes at-risk children in the court system and introduces them to the arts. Uh, please welcome today Natalie Allen. Hello, Hi. <laughs> Hi, it's great to be here with you, Matthew. Oh, pleasure to have you this afternoon as well. Um, so you're the founder of the Arts Empowerment Project. Uh, can you tell us what that is, uh, what it's all about? Sure, sure. Uh, we started in 2011. I founded the organization uh, because I found that there were kids who were court-involved, who had never been connected to arts experiences or programming. Um, most of them didn't know, and they don't know that it exists. Um, there's so many kids who have um, lack of access, and I think having those kids um, introduced to the wonderful world of the arts, to have that actual empowerment to explore areas outside of what they may know um, is really important. Um, there's so many kids who are involved in, in the court system that people don't, don't know a lot about. Uh, as a lawyer myself, I worked in family court um, for years. I used to be a guardian at Lightham here in Charlotte. And uh, kids who are at risk for violence uh, and abuse uh, need special attention and we feel like we can uh, help guide them and keep them on a, a good path, um, give them healing, uh, introduce them to ways to uh, ignite their passions and to give a, sort of give them a window to a different world, really, um, through the arts. Uh, the arts are the universal language and you know, having that access really uh, empowers them in ways that you know, we're finding help with their education, um, their outlook on life, their esteem, really, is multifaceted. Awesome. Yeah, that's that's really great. And like, what um, what is it about the arts that you think uh, that you saw growing up? Because your mother was a music teacher, and so you said that was kind of like your introduction. Like her students kind of reflected on her, like how much music was able to raise them through challenges. Yeah, just as a, a young person, I was always interested in the arts, and my I, I draw and I paint myself. Uh, and just having that as uh, sort of an escape or just a hobby. It was, I could sit and paint all day. My mother was a musician. She introduced me to all the classical uh, pieces at a very young age. And as a teacher in the New York City public school system for you know almost 40 years, uh, she encountered so many kids who told her that they felt that music saved their lives and that they were able to find a lot of peace um, clarity, healing, just um, exploring their talent and exploring what they could do in and around music. Um, it's just a, a wonderful vehicle um, for life, really. Yeah. And uh, you said you were worked as a lawyer in the, the domestic violence unit. And so that's, I mean, obviously that's never like a pretty subject matter. Like, but what type of cases would you see kind of like come in? Like what type of children like 
what have they gone through? Like, what specifically have some of the children gone through in this program, perhaps, that we're not fully aware about? Well, there's so many um, layers to it. It's very complicated. You know, we could go on about it for you know, hours. Uh, the, the faces and the challenges that the kids and their parents face. Um, we dealt a lot with um, women who uh, were victims of abuse and uh, under the Violence Against Women Act, you know, really helping uh, institute um, change in, to the legal system. Um, this was back in, you know, the 90s when uh, it was sort of a new law. And what I noticed, there was a lot of um, programs for women uh, and the respondents um, to try and address some of the issues that were they were facing, but not as many programs for kids. And I saw that a lot of the kids were just observing the cycle of violence, and uh, it was really disheartening, and it never sort of left me, even after I left the District of Columbia and moved away to the Carolinas, uh, about how to, to stop the cycle of violence, and if there was a way to sort of give children a different view. Um, and I felt like, as an artist myself, being exposed to the arts, that somehow arts could help you know, sort of help with their healing and help them see a different world um, that might be outside of what they might be accustomed to and breaking um, that violence that they've been exposed to. Yeah, no, that's, it is a, yeah, like art's often been used as therapy, like art therapy. I think it's been around, but slowly kind of getting a lot more on the rise yeah. for both for people who have issues or don't. I've seen yeah, yeah. You know, a rise in adult coloring books and you know, I've, oh, that yeah. should have become a more acceptable thing to be you know, third adult coloring just to ease out the stress, you know. Yeah, there's a, not everybody can have, you know, 200 hours of uh, therapy or um, that kind of formal therapeutic treatment that they might need. Um, and not everybody needs that level mm-hmm. of intervention. There are wonderful therapists and programs, but art is sort of a therapy just in and in and of itself. Um, I think that it also helps kids really um, become passionate about something. Not all kids are STEM kids. Arts, you know, arts are different. Um, not all kids are science, um, technology, and, and math kids. Uh, they well, I guess science, technology, engineering, and math kids, you know, not all of the kids are STEM kids, and I think that uh, we have to meet children where they are and sort of let them bend to their own passions, and art's one of those things that uh, has, been, has been taken out of schools. Um, there's just not a lot of art programming, but what we do find is that so many kids um, are benefiting from arts education and that kids, one in five kids who participate in arts education activities uh, has a higher chance of going on to uh, graduate school yeah yeah it's uh, college it's really fun like some of the studies they've shown like it increases social skills and the creativity just mm-hmm. the comfortness performance mm-hmm. and like as a, as a therapist it's almost like it might be sometimes difficult especially for children to speak about their problems to another person so in some ways the art the medium becomes a therapist and you can kind of tell you, you know them anything in right, that sense. Right, and just exposure to the arts is just wonderful for an all-around experience as just a human being and having that cultural awareness on multiple levels is crucial to development and to becoming good citizens, just to knowing about what you're 
city has to offer, knowing about what talents you have to offer. Uh, arts opens each of us up in a way that few other vehicles can. Yeah. Um, and one of the things you've done was the promoting police workshops. And in a country where the, you know police violence has been increasingly on the rise, and even like on a national level here in Charlotte with the killing of Keith Scott last year, um, what, can you tell us a little bit about the promoting police workshops and how you started that? And that was before you know the, the major shooting. Yeah, well, we started um, promoting peace with the Charlotte-Mecklenburg Police Department. Um, it was a collaboration between CMPD, uh, the Community School of the Arts, and Transforming Youth Movement, also called TIME, and an artist at Community School of the Arts. Her name is Sharon Dowell. She's a wonderful muralist. And we all sort of sat down together to figure out how we could sort of address and sort of build a bridge between teens who have been involved in the justice system and police officers and you know really trying to promote um, the piece that we like to see on a day-to-day -day basis it's very complicated it can be multi-layered but we felt like having the both groups see each other as people um, as human beings um, going through a very tough time in our nation and um, with the dynamics between the violence that the kids experience, the violence that the police experience, and how do we uh, bridge that, that gap and having them come together using arts as a vehicle um, to me seemed to be the perfect thing. It wasn't easy to sort of explain it, but when it started happening, it was amazing um, having the officers join the kids in arts exercises and sort of talking through difficult issues. Um, while sort of drawing them out and sketching out feelings um, and thoughts about some of the challenges around uh, class, race, bias, um, was very therapeutic for everybody involved. Yeah, it's, um, it's really, like you said, it's a way to kind of humanize people. I mean, people say the police, the police, the police, like it's an individual person. It's like, no, like there are, every officer an individual and like every victims in Nigeria that everyone has a story and that's right. that was interesting how you had them draw portraits of each other and I think that just kind of opened the path of you know setting up the the rippling effect of healing in the communities. Yeah it was funny that the police police officers came and they weren't too sure about drawing uh, the team sitting across from them and likewise the teens weren't really particularly fond of having to draw an officer and but then when they did it they started asking questions and talking about the we asked them to do an icebreaker to talk about three things um, about the other person and sort of humanizing each other is so important to see each other as people and not just officers in blue uniforms and not just kids um, who are young and you know maybe of color or uh, be dressed a certain way to sort of see past the stereotypes um, and humanizing each other and finding um, mutual ground for creating mutual respect of the other person and it was remarkable that the kids were worried about officers when they heard stories after our class and the officers were worried about the kids because they got to really know each other uh, outside of the uniforms or the shells that we see each other as on a day-to-day -day basis. Yeah, and um, you know that's just uh, one of the programs we've done. We've also gone on and collaborated with the uh, Community School of the Arts, uh, Central Piedmont with culinary classes, uh, Free Art Fridays. Um, most, I guess, um, like, how are the, how are these, you know, how are the kids like really enjoying them? Like, how was the, you were in a culinary class last week, so like how was uh, the experience 
having these children who, you know, cooking an Italian meal from scratch and just kind of seeing that on the, that, that level in reflection. It was wonderful. Uh, our community partners are the lifeblood of our organization. Um, my vision for the organization when I began the Arts Empowerment Project was that there's so many organizations that already exist in the Charlotte community uh, that so many kids that I was aware of did not have access to. So I felt like partnering with them would be amazing. And CPCC was our first program that we did with our pilot group. And they've just been doing, we've been doing it ever since. Uh, they have a culinary boot camp that we helped them design and we worked together to put it together so that kids would have an introduction to preparing their own food and becoming independent uh, preparers of their own food and making their own food. They just, they love it. Um, we have uh, great chefs at CPCC that have um, come together with the kids and created a bond over this food and uh, yesterday we had a great Italian feast and the kids counselors and foster parents and parents and um, supporters came together to um, eat this incredible meal that the kids took all day to prepare and so you know I think we can't stand up about how great CPCC is and how much the kids enjoyed it there were um, 12 kids in the program and half of them want to come back next week so uh, we're inviting them if we have room uh, I think the class is full but if we have room we'll be happy to have them uh, come back again and experience um, this culinary creativity yeah and uh, I used to pull a lot of the sponsorship from the communities um, CPCC, Blumenthal, Community, School of the Arts, like YWCA. Mm -hmm. Then you do have an annual luncheon as well for all these sponsors, kind of a way for everyone to keep in touch and just like, you know, see the faces of who you're supporting, who you're supporting with and whatnot. And so that's just, uh, can you tell us a little bit about that? Sure, yeah, our luncheon will be held on October 4th, uh, 2017. It'll be held at the Mint Museum at 12 noon. We uh, excited about it. It's our third annual luncheon. Uh, it's the second year at the Mint and we have several sponsors that we are so appreciative of. Um, you can find them all on our website at www.theartsempowermentproject.org. I'm afraid to list, list too many because uh, uh, you're you're <laughs> we'll be do. here forever yeah, but no, um, we have so many uh, people who have supported us over the years and we're grateful for that. And um, it's a sponsorship-driven luncheon, so um, we have different levels, and those are on our website as well. If anyone would like to uh, sponsor, we'd be happy to have them join us on the 4th. Yeah, so one thing I really enjoy about the Arts Empowerment Project is you don't really focus on the children that like victims or on the negative. I mean, it's called the Arts Empowerment Project, and so especially coming from this background, you really just focus on like the positive and try to make their stories in a, in a good light so they don't necessarily feel like marginalized from the rest of the people in society and whatnot. And that's one thing I really enjoy about that. Well, thank you. I, I, I envisioned having organization uh, with supporters and kids that are looking forward thinking. And, you know, we can't go and undo the past if we can look forward to the future. And our kids are amazingly resilient. Um, they have power inside of them that, you know, sometimes they have not really even tapped into themselves. Um, I think that, you know, young people have it in them to do whatever their minds will allow them to do, but you have to open up their minds and open up the access um, to sort of 
get inside and, and, and find out what their passions are and it will lead them to a purpose that they're so um, ready to um, grab hold of. It's just, um, you know, it takes a village, as they always say, and yeah. part of that village is um, exploring, you know, the Charlotte community and the community beyond uh, Charlotte. So I think it's you have to start at home and we'll spread abroad. Yeah. Uh, speaking of uh, takes a village, like, um, you've got an impressive team of, like, board members, and uh, I know you started this on your own. Like, how did you... Um, go about gathering your team per se of you know just like your whole your whole collab when you were launching this program well it's interesting uh, I was sort of guided away from starting a nonprofit because there's so many nonprofits in Charlotte I did a lot of investigation um, to see if there was someone that was doing what I had envisioned doing and so I started talking about it and sort of going to different people and one of the um, people I went to first was a judge who had been uh, in the court who's um, an amazing judge, is Judge Lutrash. He's been doing this work in the community for many years and um, he thought it was a great idea because he was thinking about doing something similar with the Mecklenburg County Youth Coalition, what is now the Mecklenburg County Youth Coalition. and. Um, you know, getting groups of people together to do all types of activities. You know, our focus is the arts. Their focus can be anything from fishing to karate and, you know, just getting kids engaged. And when I started asking about that and talking to people like Judge Trosh and people in the court and friends that I had encountered when I first moved to Charlotte, people thought it was a great idea and they said they wanted to be on the board. So it's, you know, sort of became its own thing and um, people have just joined together to help build the organization and um, we're just so proud and so thankful to our board members, our initial board members, some of whom have rolled off but some of whom are still on and um, some new members coming on. <laughs> yeah, new members coming on. We have people are interested, we're always interested in, in, you know, finding out more about how they would like to contribute to help us, but it's wonderful to have um, Charlotte such a charitable uh, city um, and progressive in so many ways. And so people sort of found us and we've sort of sought them out. And so it's been a sort of- It's been a, it's been a process. A great, I'll, yeah, a great process. <laughs> yeah. So maybe your experience helped you out a little. I had a, out of curiosity, what made you move to Charlotte from Washington, D.C.? Well, I, I lived in Raleigh before I moved to Charlotte. Uh, we sort of followed my husband's job around, so after... As is often the case. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he worked for uh, Wachovia, which became Wells Fargo. Uh, he's not there anymore. He's with uh, TD Bank. Um, and so we just sort of have charted a path around that and brought us to Charlotte and I couldn't be happier. Charlotte's a great city and so pretty much following uh, yeah. you know, family and following my husband's job. That's no, fun. Mm-hmm. I mean, Charlotte's glad to have you, you know, someone like you in the city. Is there any like particular museum in the city like you prefer to or types of performances or anything? Uh, the Charlotte is such a, a, a jewelry uh, a jewelry box of, uh, <laughs> of yeah. arts and, and activity. I've previously served on the board of the Harvey B. Gantt Center for Cultural and Culture and Arts. I previously served on the board of the Harvey B. Gantt Center and um, that was a wonderful three years. I've also been a supporter of most of the arts organizations, uh, the Met, the Charlotte Ballet, my daughter danced there, 
um, the Beckler. I mean, I could go on and on. There's just so many wonderful organizations that have been um, just so inspirational to me, and, and they have so much to offer to the Charlotte community and to our youth in particular. Um, the Symphony has been a wonderful partner. So we've, you know, sort of wish we could partner with everybody uh, all the time. But we're growing. We're still young. We just celebrated our fifth anniversary. So, um, you know, there's so much more to come and so many more partnerships to forge. But um, Community School of the Arts, I mean, they do wonderful work in the community and they have done so for, you know, over 25 years. So, you know, these institutions that are the foundation of the Charlotte Arts community uh, have so much to offer and we just hope that um, you know our kids can experience what they what they have out out there. Yeah, no, that's that's great. I think you're doing a wonderful thing kind of introducing these particular children to the arts which, you know, has has universally always been a relief for like the human soul, I think in general. I don't most artists don't I think take careers in the arts, they just seek it for you know self fulfillment in that sense. Mm -hmm. That's a great discovery. Are there any like anticipations for the upcoming year, like 2018 you want to share or anything, or still kind of planning that out? Or? Oh yeah, we're still planning lots of, um, we have a lot of, a lot of seeds we're, we're planning for ideas that could take hold in the future. Uh, we're really proud of the work we've done with promoting peace. We are thinking that, you know, we have a prospect of having our mural. Uh, we put a we're really proud of the work that we did with the promoting piece with um, our community partners and uh, the work that came out of that class, which was a 12-week class, uh, we're turning it into a art mural. And uh, it's pretty much finished and you know, it has the potential to be installed um, sometime soon, so more about that, hopefully in the future. We've got um, classes that are coming up that we're working on. Some working on with, with our community partners. Uh, the classes that we have that are coming up or in the works um, for the coming 2017-2018 school year. Um, so as soon as uh, those are solidified, we'll definitely share them. Yeah, awesome, excellent. All right, Natalie, well, thanks for being on the show today. It's been a great pleasure having you. Thank you, Matthew, for having me. I really appreciate the opportunity no to speak with you. <laughs> Excellent, actually. Uh, the Archer Family Project is a great concept, uh, helping children going through the judicial system, introducing them to art. Uh, you can find the Arts Empowerment Project on theartsempowermentproject.org. They have a Facebook page, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, keep an eye out for the events they do in the city. It's a lot of fun. You know, like, no one disses the arts in Charlotte's a grown city and that. Um, I'm your host, Matthew Barnes, and I will see you next time. This has been NCLT. Hey everyone, this is your host Matthew Barnes of NCLT. Just wanted to thank everyone for checking out the show. Y'all know y'all can find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio. We're online, nclt.network, not.com, not.net.network. Also on Instagram, nclt.mb. Thank you, Christopher Venezia, for your sound cleanup. And we've got a lot of fun stuff in store coming up, so stick around.